A warm welcome to the Our Radio Podcast. The Our Radio Podcast is an opportunity again to listen to one of our inspirational, thought-provoking interviews that we have brought to the listeners of Yawa Radio. Yawa Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are your well-being and happiness radio station, bringing the feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. Check us out at yawaradio.co.uk. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast from the Yawa Radio team. You're listening to Yawa Radio, your truly feel-good radio station. Welcome to the Happiness Hour with me, Carolyn King, where we increase the happiness in the world one story at a time. But today I have the wonderful Tracy Tinker, who is a kinesiologist and nutritionist. Tracy became a widow at 36 with three small children, one with autism, which created a bit of stress in wanting to help him. She became aware of kinesiology through a friend who thought this modality would help him. After a lot of research, she thought, well, why not? It was the best thing that ever happened to him. She then decided, due to travelling from Shepparton to Melbourne, that she would learn as much about this modality as she could. And she found something that she really wanted to do as a profession. She became a qualified kinesiologist in 1999 and then realised that what people ate also had an impact on their lives. So in 2004, studied nutrition. She then became a nutritionist in 2006. She found, or she has found, that during COVID, happiness has been a bit lacking due to job losses and the stress of living with a virus that can pop up at any time. She's utilised everything she knows to help out not only herself, but also her clients to keep positive. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Carolyn. It's great to be here. Now I'm excited about this because I actually have studied with Tracy. Tracy has been my mentor and teacher for a couple of kinesiology modalities within the brain gym world. So I'm really happy to have you here today as one of my teachers. <laughs> so Tracy, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Well, as you said, it, it did start with my son, Andrew, um, back in 96 when I first heard about uh, brain gym and kinesiology. And it was really lucky because being in regional Victoria, the person that actually Andrew ended up seeing uh, came up to the town where I was living and had a talk on uh, learning the brain. And I found it fascinating that doing certain movements helped not only my vision (laughs) but my flexibility And I'm thinking, I have no idea what this guy is doing. It all seemed a little bit out there for me. But the thing was, it worked. And I'm thinking, what is this? Maybe it could help Andrew. So I did the three-hour journey down to Melbourne and three hours back again. And that was when I started to become aware of primitive reflexes. Because having a son with autism, he's in fight flight all the time. So within six months of Andrew seeing Brendan, um, he calmed down. He wasn't as having any of these meltdowns that autistic children are renowned for. And his learning became a lot better. So much so that his teacher was fascinated by what this brain gym was all about. 
So he waited for me to become a brain gym instructor <laughs> and I went into the school and started teaching the teachers and the students all about brain gym and how it impacts on your learning, different strategies to help you with your reading. And that sort of started my journey as a practitioner. Now, I have to admit, I never actually wanted to become a practitioner. <laughs> I, I did. It started out as just helping him out, mainly because I was so far away from Melbourne. I thought if I could learn some things to help him every day, then it would impact on our everyday life, which it certainly did. Our household became calmer without the continual meltdowns because the meltdowns happened every day. As a parent, uh, any parent who has an autistic child would understand that these meltdowns, you can't stop them. It's just part of that central nervous system reacting to stimuli in the environment. Um, So when I found out that by doing PACE, and you would know what PACE is every day before he went to school, um, so four little step processing the brain gene modality that would help him enormously. And it helped him get work. Wow. And um, the repatterning out of the brain gene program got him his driver's licence, 100% of that. Wow. Um, the creator of Brain Gym, Paul Dennison, has Andrew's book, which Andrew co-wrote with three other people. Oh, wow. Um, about a, uh, a camp called Reaching High. And the Reaching High camp was mainly for secondary school children who struggled with literacy. Okay. And Andrew wrote this book in conjunction with a teacher and two other students. Um, Andrew has Asperger's, the other student, Stuart, had autism and another student had um, learning difficulties, so probably labelled ADD. And they, those three students wrote their story about their journey into being able to be able to get a job, uh, be able to be independent Now, Andrew works as a bus driver. Um, He's also a football umpire, AFL football umpire. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, (laughs) loves, loves his football, absolutely passionate (laughs) about football. So we get to see him on the TV every now and then? (laughs) uh, I don't know. Oh, actually, he has been on television, yes. Um, He's met he's met Dustin Martin, his idol at Richmond Football Club. He's actually held the uh, Premiership Cup. Oh wow, that's <laughs> awesome! Yes, so being in the uh, umpires AFL uh, for Regional Victoria, he's that's sort awesome. of got a bit of an in into the AFL. So look for somebody who, as a parent, um, I was told that Andrew really wouldn't be able to uh, work. Wow. He wouldn't be able to have be able to be part of society much at all. Wow. So this modality has changed his life. And he acknowledges that. He um, he presented well actually Julie Gunston presented Andrew's book to Paul Dennison. 
Now, Paul Dennison finally has admitted that he thinks he's probably Asperger's as well. <laughs> we all thought he might have been dyslexic, but he acknowledged that he was Asperger's at the last time he came to Australia. Um, so I found that very interesting. Um, so it sort of started me on my research into the primitive reflexes and helping children have better quality of life to understand where their brain's coming from. And I must admit um, the book by Sally Goddard, the reflexes book, Brendan gave me that and he showed me the Morrow reflex, which is the fight-flight reflex. And as a parent, I was reading that and it was just one of those big moments for me where I thought, this is why he's like this. <laughs> it was sort of like, nope, he was under a paediatrician, like he was had OT, speech therapist, physio, you know, you name it, he had it as a child and as a baby. But no one gave me the reason why he acted like he did because back then Asperger's wasn't really known about. Yeah. So he was labelled developmentally delayed. So I had all these questions, especially having an older child, like Andrew's got an older brother who was, you know, did all the milestones when yeah. he was supposed to. Andrew was very much behind in his gross motor because he had a condition called hypertonus, which is the stiffening up of the muscles. Mm -hmm. So the muscles weren't working in their normal way. Um, so he didn't walk till he was nearly two. Um, and unbeknownst to me, he had, had hearing difficulties due to glue ears. Oh, wow. So he had a lot of grommets put in. And I believe that because of the fluid in his ear, that impacted on his balance yep. because he started walking and I reckon he probably would have walked at about 16 months, but he sort of realised that if I take a step, I'm going to fall down and that hurts, so I'm not going to do that. Yep. I'm just going to hang on to things. Yep. <laughs> so by the time when he was 22 months old and he had his grommets in for a month, the balance, I think, rectified and he goes, Oh, I'm not falling down anymore. And he just took off. So he was ready to walk at, at 16 months, but it took that extra time for him to be able to get the balance and um, and walk. So now I understand why, and that's the why that really got me. Why did he behave like this? And understanding those primitive reflexes gave me the answer. So for me, reading Sally Goddard's book was a huge eye-opener for me. So, uh, so how, did, how did you cope emotionally, I guess, through all of that? Because as, you, as I mentioned at the start, you're a widow at 36. So that, that's actually quite traumatic in its own right, isn't it? And then having to... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, um, it was very fast because my husband, my late husband, was diagnosed with leukaemia, believe it or not, on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. And uh, died six days later. Oh, wow. That so was, was very, very, fast. very sudden. Yeah, I didn't really get my head around it for a long time uh, about the impact of not having him around. Yeah. But 
he was a type of person that if I had have sat there and just bawled my eyes out for hours and hours and hours and just wallowed in my own self-pity, he would have come down and said, get yourself together, lady, and get yourself back on track and live your life and do what you needed to do. So um, I think really kinesiology and my training helped me a lot in coping because it wasn't really, it was probably about two years after he'd passed away that I found out about kinesiology through a friend. And it really helped me a lot in being able to utilise my own knowledge in going through trauma like that and having a child with autism to help other people go through that. And I have had a few people, not many, but a few people through my clinic who have lost their spouses. Yeah. And I've been able to help them out in relating to what they're going through. Wow. But I see more people, uh, parents with autistic children. Okay. Because they read my little blurb on my website um, and they go, oh, she knows what it's like <laughs> to be a parent of a child who you don't know what to do with and you don't know how to help. And I found even low-functioning autistic children, they are really smart. The brain function is there. You just need to tap into it. They understand what you're saying, even if they're nonverbal. They will, you can communicate with them. Well, that's, that's, that's really fascinating. We'll talk about that after the break. We just have to go into a short break right now. But thank you for sharing so much about your life and, and how you've come to where you are right now. And, and you know, you, you've gone through a lot. And I know that it's had an impact on the world. And we'll chat about that after the break. So you are listening to the Happiness Hour today, where I'm joined by the wonderful Tracy Tinker, kinesiologist and nutritionist. Looking forward to chatting with Tracy some more after this short break. Yawa Radio. Bringing the feel-good feeling to every day. Tune in to Yawa Radio every Sunday between 4 and 6 in the afternoon for the Calm and Joy Show with me, Gabrielle Trainer. Each week, I bring you the Calm and Joy Book Club. I chat with brilliant people all about how we can find more calm and joy in our complicated, messy lives and tons more, including top tunes, of course. So join me for the Calm and Joy show on Sundays from 4pm on Yawa Radio. This, this, this is Yawa Radio, your station for well-being and happiness. Be happy, be inspired. And welcome back to the Happiness Hour, where today I'm joined by the wonderful Tracy Tinker, kinesiologist and nutritionist. Before the break, Tracy was sharing with us how her journey through her son, being autistic or having Asperger's has developed into her knowledge and, and love of kinesiology and brain gym and her own courses of primitive reflexes. So Tracy, I would love to now dive into how you are impacting the world because I know you are. I've ha I've taken a couple of your courses. I know how wonderful they are and I know your knowledge is just so, so deep and it's not just book knowledge, it's practical experience, experiential knowledge because you have a son that's gone through or has autism and Asperger's, that you understand that on a, on a level that someone that doesn't have that doesn't get. So I'd love to know more about how you're impacting the world. Well, I've 
It came about when I moved from regional Victoria down to Melbourne. And my mentor, Julie Gunston, who's faculty for educational kinesiology, asked me, would I put my knowledge of both Touch for Health and Brain Gym into creating a course where the primitive reflexes were uh, the balances that I use for the primitive reflexes? So, of course, plagiarism is a big issue and I've done quite a lot of training in the primitive reflexes. So I had to get all my manuals out to make sure I wasn't copying anybody's stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> that would have been big. It was. It was. So I had to literally pull out all the information out of my brain and put it in order of what I do because as brain team instructors in Victoria, we do get together once a month. And I did share some of what I did with um, other practitioners um, and Julie said you really need to put this in on paper write it down and create your course so I did that um, and created my own reflexes course which I taught to other practitioners which was a little daunting <laughs> when you're you're the student and your teacher is sitting there as your student <laughs> and you're teaching them your stuff. Um, but it's my own personal journey in how I've used my knowledge with yeah. clients and the results I was getting. And that continued and I'm thinking, well, this is working um, I'll continue to use this particular technique that I developed. Um, and I've pulled lots of different training from acupuncturists, um, from other people that have used their reflex knowledge and put it into my own because I found that especially people with autism they are very much in fight flight. So they want things that are quick. They don't want to have you laying on the table, if anyone's familiar with kinesiology, and laying there for an hour muscle testing you. Mm -hmm. They don't like that. They need to be up and around. They, they get very nervous about change. They can't cope with change very well. So I've found that I needed to refine a lot of the techniques that I'd learned. And, and that's how the course began. Um, the first course I ever did overseas was in Ottawa because my husband's Canadian and we were visiting his family in Ontario and um, Irish Sullivan, who's a Touch for Health and Brain Gym instructor over there, she hosted me when I was there and we had people from all over Canada, which was amazing oh, and awesome. daunting when you teach... <laughs> Is someone, especially when you're being translated into French. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So I, fortunately, Irish is bilingual. So she was, I was speaking in English and my schoolgirl French, which I'd learnt a long, long time ago, <laughs> came in handy, although um, it was a little bit fast for me to follow. But she translated it and we had a couple of manuals translated into French as well, which was fabulous. Um, two years later, I went back to Canada to visit family once again, and I was 
hosted by Lisa Marcovici, who's based in Montreal. And so I went from Ottawa to Montreal to a different province, and that's mainly French-speaking. But we did have a few people from Ottawa and also Toronto who are English-speaking. So once again, I was translated into French, and I had a wonderful group of people and some of them had all of the primitive reflexes active, which was really nice to teach the students because without them being active, you can't show what the reflex does. So one of the students had all of them, and I thanked her very much for showing us <laughs> all of that. Did you want to just, was, just to interject there? Did you want to explain to our listeners what a reflex is? Because some of them may not actually understand what they are. Okay. Well, back in in utero. Uh, when you're pregnant with a child, the first reflex to emerge is fear paralysis. Now, that is exactly what it says. When you are under fear, you will paralyze. You will not be able to move. Now, that should be integrated by the time you are born. And for some reason or another, sometimes that doesn't happen. When you are born, you are born with the morrow reflex, which is very much interrelated with fear paralysis. And that is the fight-flight response. Now, with this particular reflex, you can't handle change. You can have uh, adverse reactions to drugs. Um, you feel you must be in control of your life, otherwise you feel out of control and this is where the meltdowns happen and that's very much part of autism, anxiety and depression. You will have all of that. Um, also, part of that particular fight-flight response, you will have adrenal fatigue mm -hmm. because adrenaline is very much part of fight-flight and the cortisol levels will be through the roof, which will give you the anxiety. So with my knowledge of nutrition, I found that if you had adrenal fatigue, you would crave sugars. And I started noticing this with adrenals. And I started, I then decided, okay, well, I need to do something about this and this craving of sugar. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you crave sugar as in cake and biscuits. You can crave sugar through carbohydrate loading where you just have to have your pasta every day or you have to have your rice or your potatoes or at the end of the day you want that alcohol hit. Yep. Alcohol is all sugar. Also, too, fruit becomes part of that as well. I had one client who was going through year 12, very anxious, um, having a lot of these fight-flight responses and would eat 10 to 12 apples a day. Well, that's wow. fructose. So mum thought, oh, he's really healthy, he's eating <laughs> apples, but I, my alarm bells went off in my head going, that's a heck of a lot of fructose. And a lot of apples. Really <laughs> So um, my knowledge of nutrition became very much part of this particular balance that I created with the adrenal balance, which is measuring the adrenals, which you understand, um, and balancing that using touch for health techniques. Um, and then there's spinal gallant reflex. You've got to remember these reflexes are stored in the brainstem. And they need to be utilised to go away. Now, they should all be gone within 12 months. 
But for some reason or another, those little programs in the brainstem remain active because the reflex either hasn't been used properly um, and it just stays active. Now, yep. spinal aunt I see a lot of, which is the ants in the pants, can't sit still. They have an adverse reaction to tags on backs of their trousers. They don't like tight-fitting pants. Um, they don't like anything because the spinal gallant reflex starts at the base of the neck and goes all the way down the either side of the spine. So if you're leaning against a chair, you'll want to wiggle. Mm -hmm. If you're lying on your back in bed, I asked the parents, does it look like World War III's gone on every night? <laughs> because they can't sit, they can't lie still, which interrupts their sleep. Yep. And um, anyone who's gone through sleep testing will know that they're looking for movement during the night. Well, these poor children, and I find 50% of them are chronic bedwetters, right up into the age of 16. I've had 16-year-old boys who are chronic bedwetters, which is mortifying for a child, especially of that age, if they want to have a sleepover or anything like that. They've got to wear pull-ups at that age and it's really quite embarrassing. And I've also noticed with that is the hormones, especially in children who are... Um, chronic bedwetters, and I only find that in about 50, as I said, 50% of cases with spinal gallant. The others just can't lie, can't sit still. The hormones are involved. And I found this out when I had a child who was 14 and they were prescribed him a spray. It's called Minerin in Australia, and they spray it up the nose, and it's a hormone that's deficient that stops the boys and girls from wetting the bed. This hormone is supposed to impact in um, getting the hormones to right themselves so that the body knows at night time that you wake up if you need to go to the toilet, whereas these people just don't. So I started looking at the touch for health and the energy system with the Circsex Meridian, and I found that quite often with these children that this was imbalanced. And, of course, the governing meridian, which is also part of Touch for Health, affects the pineal gland. Well, it's the pineal gland that is part of the endocrine system and the endocrine system with these children is all up, all over the place. Now, I found in all of thousands and thousands of people and children and adults that I've worked with with spinal galar, I've only had one child that's needed the mineral spray. Wow, that's amazing. So I found that working with a spinal gallant is very, very helpful in helping these children and the parents because can you imagine a parent who's got a, a virtually a teenage child who's still wetting the bed and you've got to change those sheets every yeah. day? Um, we that's yeah that's really amazing we are just going to have to take a short break so we'll, we'll chat some more after the break you are listening to the happiness hour in on yawa radio today where i am joined by the wonderful tracy tinker kinesiologist and nutritionist looking forward to chatting with tracy some more after this short break yawa radio for your well-being and happiness be happy be inspired 
This is Yawa Radio. Attention, please. Weird Health Span would like to tell you something that, quite possibly, you didn't already know. Not all supplements are created equal. I know. Who'd have thought? We travel the entire globe to find the best ingredients for our vitamins and supplements. From the southern slopes of India for our turmeric to the cold, crisp seas of Greenland for our cod liver oil. Because that's the Healthspan way. Well, there you go. It's not every day you learn something new, is it? We're Healthspan. That's healthspan.co.uk. Vitamins and supplements, in-store or direct to your door. You're listening to Yawa Radio, and we love to bring you details of the inspirational book of the week. This week's inspirational book of the week is by Ryan Holiday. It is called Ego is the Enemy, the fight to master our greatest opponent. It has wrecked the careers of promising young geniuses. It's evaporated great fortunes and run companies into the ground. It's made adversity unbearable and turned struggle into shame. Its name, Ego, and it is the enemy of ambition, of success, of resilience. It is an eternal opponent, warned against by every great philosopher in our most lasting stories and countless works of art, in every culture, in every age. In this book, Ryan Holiday offers a practical meditation on the nature and dangers of ego, drawing on an array of inspiring examples from literature, philosophy and history to show you how you can be humble in your aspirations, gracious in your success and resilient in your failures and rely on confidence, not ego. When it comes to ego, we must fight to destroy it before it destroys us. So this week's inspirational book of the week is by Ryan Holiday, Ego is the Enemy. The fight to master our greatest opponent. And welcome back to the Happiness Hour, where today I have the wonderful Tracy Tinker, kinesiologist and nutritionist. Now, before the break, we were talking about primitive reflexes and we were talking about the spinal gallant, but I know, Tracy, there's another reflex that we were, that you wanted to share about now. Yes, the tonic labyrinthine reflex. It's not actually primitive. It's going more into postural because this has a lot to do with your upper body strength um balance if you have issues when you walk upstairs when you walk along like a bridge with movement underneath like cars whizzing past it can upset your whole balance mechanism um and before we went on air carolyn and i were discussing ms and how that does affect your balance and i have a personal experience with ms because my mother had it And when I was teaching my reflexes course in London um, a few years ago, I had a a student there that had MS and I was unaware of that. And I demonstrated the tonic labyrinthine reflex on him. And this particular balance made a huge impact and he was quite surprised at the changes that he was able to make with his walking. Now, The tonic labyrinthine reflex effect, as I said, affects your balance, but it affects your upper body strength plus your legs as well. And quite often I'm using a lot of the leg muscles and correcting those from touch for health. And one of the things that came up with that particular balance was one side wasn't as efficient in its energy and its muscle mass than the other side. And he commented that that was 
the MS and that affected that particular side. Well, I wasn't aware of any of that at the time and it wasn't until the after the balance had been completed that um, this particular gentleman decided that it had helped his balance and his walking gait. Now, one of the things with the tonic labyrinthine reflex that is very a part of um, your walking mechanism is you tend to be on walk on your toes. This okay. is slow walking. Now, the Royal Children's Hospital here in Melbourne decided that they do a bit of research into, into toe walking and they said it all has to do with your calf muscles. Well, of course, as <laughs> brain gym instructors, we know when the calf muscle tenses up, this is all part of our fight-flight response. And we needed to do calf muscle exercises to help with this particular toe walking. So I'm looking at this research thinking, well, us braging people know all about that. <laughs> We've known all about that for a very long time. And it's not just the toe walking, it's the whole reflex. So, um, yeah, your walking gait is very much involved with this particular reflex because it's becoming part of the postural reflexes and not the primitive but it impacts on your life because you find that you can't lift things as well. And this is very much in the male uh, dominance when a guy finds it very difficult to lift things up and his abdominal muscles aren't working very well. Why is that happening? And also, too, you get you can be a bit clumsy, you trip over things, you don't, you can't see your depth perceptions all out. So you will not see uneven ground, you will fall over a lot, um, especially in children. Adults tend to be a little bit more aware of their circumstances. They will compensate for these things. So, yeah, balancing this particular reflex is very important for your whole way of life and um, to be able to walk easily and not have to worry about uneven ground I think is very, very important. So I see that quite a lot okay that's I, I love all this information and I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with with possibly going through some of these issues so I think it's fantastic that you've been able to share this today so we are going to go into another short break so thank you for that Tracy you are listening to the happiness hour where today I have the wonderful Tracy Tinker kinesiologist and nutritionist looking forward to chatting with Tracy some more after this short break hi this is Steve Gamlin the voice of the motivational firewood hour here on Yawa radio Join me for three brand new episodes each week at 7 p.m. in the UK, not at my house, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Plus, we even managed to sneak in some replays on the days in between. I look forward to having you along with me in the motivational firewood hour, right here on Yawa Radio. This, this, this is Yawa Radio, your station for well-being and happiness. Be happy, be inspired. Welcome back to the Happiness Hour, where today I have the wonderful Tracy Tinker, kinesiologist and nutritionist. Now, before the break, Tracy's been sharing all about reflexes and how they impact our life and how they impact how we move in life. Tracy, what I'd like to ask you now is how do you look after yourself? And I know through this we're going to share some tips because I know you have some wonderful tips for our listeners today. So I'd love for you to share. Well, one of the things with all the training that I've done is your language, being positive in your language. 
is very, very important. And I found that quite often before I learnt all of this uh, lovely knowledge that I have, that I wasn't very positive in my language. Um, and I find now that if I'm very positive in my outlook on life and I speak in a positive way, that my happiness is a lot better, especially during these trying times with COVID running around. There's been a lot of negative things on television, people dying and people having the virus and uh, lockdowns because we're currently in a lockdown here in Melbourne. Um, but I look at things in a way where, well, what will be, you can't change it, but your attitude you can. Absolutely you can. In your thoughts, you must think positive. There's some wonderful techniques like stress release points, hookups, um, running your meridians, all of these things that I've learned. I live and breathe my work. I, everyone knows that. Um, I'm a nutritionist and I certainly believe in healthy eating. I have my own vegetable garden where I grow a lot of my own food. I'm very aware of what I put in my mouth. Um, because of the impact on your health, I think being very healthy helps you a lot in your outlook. If you're unhealthy, you're not going to have great thoughts. Um, you are, Your health will impact on your way of life if you're unhealthy. Um, you are probably a lot of people think, well, what am I going to die? I've got to die of something. And I say, no, you die of old age where I'm told my children I'm going to live to 100. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, so, therefore, uh, they've got to be aware that I'm going to be around for a long time. <laughs> I certainly am not going to die of anything other than old age. My body will just wear out. Um, and I've got one. And wonderful course, example of our neighbour who's 90 and well, very, very and when you, healthy. When you, when you get older too, you want to be healthy, don't you? You don't Absolutely. want to be, you don't yeah. want to be, you know, not not with it, I guess, and not cognitive. No. So, yeah. no, no, you want to be able to be there and be healthy and she is just this wonderful person who is an inspiration to my husband and myself in how to live your life and be She's got a wonderful family, and I must admit, we've got a, I've got a wonderful family, and um, I've got family in South Africa. My stepdaughter lives in Johannesburg, and of course, that's not very happy at the moment with the riots and everything. So, I'm uh, trying to be positive about that. And I think being positive all the time and having a very, very good outlook on life. And utilising the tools that you have in meditation. I know Carolyn does meditation. Um, is wonderful. Doreen Virtue's got some wonderful things that you can use, her, her angel cards. Um, Louise Hay, I've had the pleasure of meeting Louise Hay before she passed away, has got some wonderful outlook on, on your life. And I think if you have that positive outlook, then wonderful things will happen. No doubt. Yeah, you've got to, what you say, you will manifest. And if you can manifest happiness in your life, and it's amazing how it will touch other people. Yeah. You can radiate that wonderful positiveness and happiness in other people as well. And I think that's very, very important for our world at the moment. It is. Definitely. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this today, Tracy. This has been a wonderful conversation with so much knowledge that I think it, it's great to get this knowledge out there for people to understand that there's so many things that we could do to help ourselves. So thank you so much today. How can people reach out to you or have you got any links that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, I have a website, tracytinker.com.au, if you want to contact me through that. Um, I have a contact page and I have all of my courses that I run. There are some wonderful people that I've already mentioned in Canada. Kay McCarroll is in London, in Hendon, and she's a brain gym instructor over there who I taught my reflexes course to. So there's a lot of people in the world that do what we do, Carolyn and I. Um, so get in touch with them. But in Australia, yeah, that's how you can contact me. Thank you so much. It has been truly an honour to interview you and have you on the show today, Tracy, and to listen to you. As I said, you're a mentor. I've taken some of your courses and I've absolutely loved listening to you. And every time I listen to you, there's something new that I learn. So thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thanks. Well, you've been listening to the Happiness Hour on Yawa Radio. You can check out Yawa Radio's full program schedule at yawaradio.co.uk online 24-7. Check them out. There are some great shows on there. Actually, all the shows are great. If you want to check more out, sorry, if you want to see more information on how I'm increasing the happiness in the world, you can check out my website at empoweredhappiness.com. And finally, a big thank you to you, our listeners for taking the time out today to listen to the Happiness Hour. This is Gawa Radio, your well-being and happiness radio station. A big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the team at Yawa Radio. Remember to check us out live online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at yawaradio.com. Co.uk. And if you'd like to join us as a guest on Yawa Radio or as a guest on the Yawa Radio podcast, we would love to hear from you. Simply email studio at yawaradio.co.uk. Once again, a big thank you for taking the time out to listen. This is the Yawa Radio podcast. Copyright applies. <laughs>